You're listening to the Pittsburgh Piledriver. What the hell is that? Podcast. Howdy ho, neighbors. It's the Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast. And you know what that means? We're going to talk wrestling and special uh bonus for everybody this is a second pick week so isn't that exciting uh two pick shows in a row i believe we're gonna do two super shows in a row last week and this week so they're gonna be a little bit you know this one might be a little bit longer as well than a normal show uh if that's the case uh fuck yeah listen to it anyway because it's gonna be great second special thing is we at the Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast would like to give out our warmest congratulations to one allegedly Logan who is graduating high school this year. You may know this fellow from videos posted to the Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast page from one Bob Gray. He made some special appearances in those videos. And if you, eagle-eyed viewers, go back and re-watch a couple of those, you might just see them. So we at the Pittsburgh Padre Podcast would like to wish him congratulations and say very job well done on, uh, on that grand step in life. And I've been waiting all day to say this, so I'm going to say it right in here and now. Strap in. Allegedly, Logan... We at the Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast would like to wish you well in your future endeavors. Been waiting all day to say that. You, <laughs> sir, just got WWE. Ha ha, in your face. <laughs> Third special treat is we have allegedly the originator of Allegedly Logan. And if you can put two and two together, you'll figure out that that is allegedly Dave. He, if you go back again and listen to the past couple uh, episodes, gave us the old one-two puncheroo and knocked us out cold uh, during a stump the chumps. And he oh, but, called his shot. But, but what? Friend, I, I, I got to say this. You know what else he is? He is the former. Wait, we're not, we're not there yet. We're, we're former. Not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. It's great, great. So as uh, as everybody knows, fucking Beast the Legend is here. Uh, mediocre and disappointing as always. Poot the Bard is here. Tiger Bomb Tom. Uh, uppercut is. Did I do it right? I didn't. Uh, he is here and uppercut. allegedly. Thank you. Allegedly, yeah. Dave. He is here joining us after he gave us the old whoopsie do and stumped the chumps. He said he's going to come on for the Hell in a Cell picks episode. And uh, and he is here. And if you hadn't already guessed, we have a new chooserweight champion. It is mm-hmm. no longer allegedly Dave. It's been a long time coming. So let me see if I still have this. Let me see if I still have it in me. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dan Ansom Handsome Ransom, and I... I'm the advocate, the mouthpiece, 
as if he needed one for your new reigning, defending, undisputed, most mutton-chopped, handsome motherfucker who ever rubbed that belt across his testes. That's right. Beef the Legend is our new Choose Your Way champion. Give it up for Beef the Legend. Transitional. Yay. Oh, Yay. Wow. So I'm ecstatic. I don't, so I don't give a shit so about good. these other yahoos. <laughs> and and they're 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 fucking uh hashtag anyone but Dave. They're they're, they're terrible yep. uh putty impersonations. David Putty. I'm tired of their no forget what them. Are you Beef? About, what the hell? Well you well fought terrible? victory. This is sorry, I've been bamboozled. I just got my marinara sauce stolen from me. What the fuck is going on in this household? Now, well, everybody, speaking of things that aren't pertinent to the podcast. No, no, this is uh, Go ahead, what were you eating? What were, what were you eating with the marinara? That will determine how big of an audacity it is. Pizza dick. A what? The breadsticks from Pizza Hut. Oh, Pizza yeah, dick. no. Oh, oh yeah, you gotta yeah, go that, get oh, that. Oh. You gotta I go get that marinara sauce. Oh. Those are fighting words there. You gotta go get that. You you gotta go put some, put that marinara down your gullet, like all of it w- once. Go take it back and drink it all down. I'm Let her gonna, know. No, it's, it's been brought. It's been returned. It's, it's been returned. Rub it on your pizza. Yeah. Drink it down. Put it to your lips and drink it all now. Look at her in the eyes and drink it all. Let her know. That it's your <laughs> sauce. All right. So so I so I was informed it was so she could take it up. And dumps out, dumps some out on the plate for my daughter to use for her breadsticks, and then it was returned to me. So oh, she's, she's using yeah. the kid. <laughs> this guy so, gets it. She knew what she did. I do. I do it all the time. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, we got a lot to we got a lot to talk about tonight. Oh my god, a lot is um, going on right now. Uh, Hell in a Cell picks because Hell in a Cell is apparently this weekend. Allegedly, I don't know. <laughs> Wait a minute! I see. Is what it, you is did it there. WWE presents allegedly Dave in allegedly put, Hell in the Cell? I put on is Raw it in Monday this night. Country? Is it out of the country? Where the hell yeah, is right? it? Right. Uh, I, I put on Raw oh. Monday night because I it's like in, to laugh sometimes. It's in Djibouti. And, That's where it's and, at. Djibouti. Uh, you know, on, on on the big dumb ramp, it says Hell No Cell this Sunday, and I'm like, oh, Hell No Cell. Uh, <laughs> feels like the... we picked the damn event because we did. Yeah. Uh, okay. Take a minute. No rest for the damn weary. Uh, also, also, uh, MJF is worth all the fucking money. Just, just, just sell the Jacksonville Jaguars and dump the dump, dump a back a dump truck a back a back a dump a back a dump a dump a fucker. Back a dump truck full of that Dumping. cash to MJF's door in Long Island and make sure that he stays Get with your you hands the... off my tequila, you drunk oh, bastard. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We'll get to that. All right, so, so can we put the rumors to bed? Uh, bef- let's, before we do picks, let's just talk this real quick here about this MJF deal. Yeah, we'll probably loop is around it... back of it too, I, I would imagine, but go on. That's fine. But is it safe to say at this point that we were all worked and – MJF isn't going anywhere. I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, I think there's some truth to what started the situation about like there, you know, probably some negotiations and stuff. But I pro, but I, I assume that they probably just rolled with it and just kind of, you know, amped it up to like twenty and just said, all right, let's make a thing out of it. So, um, I yeah, 
I think I think that, that that Tom's right on the money here. I don't think it necessarily started as a work, but I think that they're like, oh hey, you know, we're we're getting all the smarks, you know, whipped up into a frenzy here. So let's see what we can do with it. And uh, I'm I'm not even sure if MJF no showing the event on Saturday, the uh, the, the main creek was a work. I you know, and and we'll probably never know. Unless he that, does like a tell-all book in the future, we'll, we'll never know. That that no show seems to be the the actual truth, and then everything afterwards was just an add-on to it. Like I, they like they went wait 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 wait. What can we do with this? I get the feeling that MJF not showing up for that meet and greet was kind of like the. The, the straw as it were and 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 it finally got you know him and tony to like have a dialogue and tony was like all right name your price mjf said a ridiculous number and tony went all right and that's where we are i i i literally believe that a new uh, a new agreement has been given to him and i think and we'll see uh, it, it could could just be that you know he's he's giving him a bunch of money now and waiting for 2024 to do a new contract. We'll see. Um, so you're thinking though is is in between the no show meet and greets and what Wednesday at Dynamite they talked it over and Tony Khan did something, whether it's money or whatnot. To make MJF happy, is that what you're saying? I think it probably happened between Saturday and Sunday, if we're being real. Um, wow. Yeah, like I, you know, because I think MJF needed to send a message to Tony Khan. I think the message was received, and I think that they probably got on the horn and said, "Hey, let's let's figure this out." I don't think that MJF ever had intent on leaving before the match. I think that was completely worked. Uh, and you know what? There may have been a plane ticket purchase for him. We'll never know. Um, or or somebody was just feeding Sean Ross Sapp a line of crap, and he you know was reporting it like I know right. Uh, and he was just reporting it like it was facts. Um, I, I often question how much the dirt sheet guys actually know and how much is just a good guess. But you don't think that MJF legitimately booked a flight with the intention of leaving No. if he did not get more money before the actual event? No, I, 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 I truly don't. And with him uh, reportedly showing up right before the event and leaving right after, um. Now, you do you know, think that I, was a work, or do you think he was still legitimately, you know, unhappy and trying to send a message at that point? I, I honestly have no idea. Um, it, it could go either way. Like, you know, Tony could have called him on Saturday after the, the, the meet and greet and was like, all right, what do we got to do? And they figured it out. And then he's like, hey, you know what? Let's let's fuel this fire because that's and, – and it was an awesome pay-per-view, and we'll talk about that too – but it was it was a great pay-per-view but like leading up to it all you could hear about was MJF 
whether or not he was going to be there, whether or not he was going to be at the show. All day, the the the, the wrestling pundits were, were were sending out tweets about, you know, his whether or not he's there, whether he left, you know, etc. So mm. it would not surprise me if like the Sunday thing of him, you know, the will he or won't he be at the show was worked up. And honestly, this may have been a complete work for the last, you know, four months. Who fucking knows? And and if they did, <clears throat> bravo, because guess what it did? The weekend of um, Double or Nothing, it got MJF trending. It whipped the fans into a frenzy. It got MJF nuclear heat. That's right, I said nuclear. On, su- on Sunday night. And got uh, Wardlow over like fucking gangbusters. So, you know, this, this, this all absolutely may have been planned from the beginning. Yeah, yeah maybe so, the whole no-showing that event was all part of the plan. I, I You yeah. know, I, I wouldn't be surprised with how, first of all, AEW usually does really interesting stuff, but also because, um, they uh, because the that game. it just fits uh, MJF's character. Like it, like you can mm. do this kind of stuff with MJF, and people will not immediately go. It's a work. That's a that's a very good point. The the question I have though is if he actually decided to say, "Hey, uh, I'm going to sign a deal now," doesn't that kind of hurt him because now he can't uh, uh, pen them against each other to get even more money if he's already agreed to something. Um, well, did he sign an extension or did he just, nobody knows like they're uh, there. Oh yeah. This, this I mean, whole his... thing. Go ahead, Dave. I was going to say his biggest gripe, at least what everybody's talking about was the fact is that all these guys that were coming in after him were getting more money than, than he was and that he was generating more money for the company than they were longer. So he just wanted to be either on their level or close to it. And it seemed like Tony Khan just wanted him to, okay, I'll get you up to that, but I want you to, to sign this now. But he right. didn't want to because he wanted to, to, to start a bidding war in you know, 24. And so, I mean, if there was additional money given, like as a businessman, I wouldn't just give somebody money. I mean, you got him for 18 more months. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and everybody, you know, when, when, when he knows showed everybody comes out of the fucking more work, they're going to, they need to fire him. They, they, they need to release him for no show. You fucking don't know shit. That's the dumbest beef taking the stand here. That's, that's the dumbest. That's just like fucking Vince releasing Sasha and Naomi. No fucking way. No, that's a terrible idea is, to release him. It's very valuable. Yeah, and you like give, the re- you give him what he wants. Yeah, the, the report is that Vince McMahon wants him more than anything. Like, oh, okay, I'll just let you do what you yeah, exactly. No, no, fuck you. You 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 and, and and like it's ironic that this is all happening kind of after the Sasha Naomi thing. And who's to say that that didn't influence this? You know, maybe maybe uh, you know, real influenced uh fake who knows but um you know it's it's a similar situation except for mj's principles mjf's principles are more tightly tied to money than sasha and naomi's are but like i you know to dave's point i understand the principle of the matter that and and the dude's got facts 
that he is consistently the biggest draw on Dynamite, that his segments have the biggest ratings. That is undisputed. No one can say boo about that because that is fucking truth. Uh, he was making... I think when it, when AEW started, he was making, like, I think I read between thirty and $70,000 a year. Um, they bumped him up a little bit to a couple hundred thousand a year. But obviously, if you got the money to to sign Sting, to sign CM Punk, to sign Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, to sign um, Keith Lee, Adam Cole... If you got all this money to be thrown at, like MJF said, these ex-WWE heads, you can yep. afford some cash to, to the guy who absolutely is 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 making your show. And again, to be fair, I feel the exact way about the Sasha and the Naomi situation. I absolutely feel that they need to be treated with better respect and, you know, because they are two of the best in the division. Uh, they're not like they to WWE is not what MJF is to AEW. A, you know, that's far greater, but it's still in the conversation. Um, so it's not like I'm, you know, saying something different than I was saying two weeks ago. I'm, I'm simply just making a point that I think that MJF absolutely deserves to be paid more. Um, it's not like he's holding out, you know, um, a, a lot of people, especially in this fucking town, have their, you know, their fucking underwear and a twist whenever athletes hold out for more money on their current contract. He showed up, he did his job, which was the job that night. Like, this meet and greet was ancillary. It was on top, be above and beyond, you know. So he came, he did his job. So even if, you know, even if this happened after the the night, he still showed up and did what he had to do, which was make Wardlow look like a fucking megastar. And he fucking did it without it looking like he was be without, as I like to say it, EC3-ing it. And I 100%, <laughs> and that, that's why I think that it was, that, that, that this agreement was done before the the show on Sunday, because... When they started playing his music, they like panned around the crowd for about 35, 40 seconds before he actually came out to give you the feeling, is MJF here? Is Tony Khan going to come out and name a replacement? Is mm. Jeff Roberts just going to say, you know, you winner by forfeit were like nobody knew. So like, I think that that was all playing into it as well. And then obviously, whenever uh, Max got in the ring, he did the airplane spin. Like you know, I that that's why I think things were in motion. Um, and like I said, that the whole fucking meet and greet on Saturday absolutely could have been part of it. And and I and I and I get you know, you know the the cornets out there, motherfucker biting off his nose to spite his face, motherfucker. Like I get it. Oh. Like this is. I fucking love Beef's version of Jim Cornette because it makes him sound like a toddler trying to be Jim Cornette. Or, as I like to say it, Jim Cornette being just Jim Cornette. Exactly! That's my fucking point. Um, you know, I, I, I get it. It's, it's not the best business by having this this meet and greet. It's the first time you're in Vegas in three years. Like, you know, he's you know, he's one of your biggest stars. You want him there. But at the same time, like, if you think you can pull off something big and again 
it was the day before the pay-per-view. Like, people could have then said, you know what? 50 bucks is worth it to see whether MJF shows up or not. I, I want to see what happens with MJF for no showing. That could have easily been another ten, twenty thousand dollar, or you know, ten, twenty thousand views, and you know how much more fucking money. So yeah, like taking him out of the meet and greet could have cost Tony Khan a little bit in the, like the, at, at that moment, but may have actually ended up getting him more buys for the pay per view. Well, again, that's something that we'll never know, but it's something to think about. No, well, look, there's another. Here's... No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say there's another aspect of this whole thing that, that a lot of people aren't even talking about is the other side because he just spent how long building up this match with Wardlow and to walk out on Wardlow, his traveling buddy, for how many years now? That's a shit move. I don't care if you're trying to be a heel or not or trying to make money. I mean, you're leaving a guy that you just worked with for how many years high and dry. Yeah, man. And, and that's why I don't believe – he ever, you know, regardless of whether or not this is a work shoot, whatever, I, I don't think he would have ever fucking bailed on War Dog like that. Um, I, 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 I just don't. Um, because again, he's he's a smart dude, and he knows right. that, you know, regardless of whether he he no shows or whatever, WWE is still going to want him a lot, and that this at the end of the day is only going to hurt Wardlow, which it so that's absolutely close. That's my question now is I've heard, I've heard you say, and I'm not like, I'm not putting this on you. I'm just, you have referenced it many times. And uh, so that's why I'm just saying that Uh, you say WWE really wants him. Yes. This confuses me a bit strictly because he's not the typical Vince McMahon built guy he's not super tall he's not super muscular he's not super ripped i i'm like it that confuses me a bit just just because he doesn't fit that mold now yeah he does great on the mic and he's a fantastic you know heat magnet his promo skills are are just out of the world, but I don't know. Like I well, waffle back and forth on like, oh, he's going to go to WWE and they're going to use him great for a half a year. Then the remainder of his contract is just going to be abuse and fed big muscle knuckleheads because he's not a big dude. Well, so, I yes, I, I agree. Vince definitely has a type. You know what that type is? Greenback. Um, uh... as, as much as we like to pen Vince's success stories, you also got to remember who got him through the 90s. It wasn't a big, it, it, it wasn't big, gripply, you know, muscle-bound men. It was, was Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, but even the... Razor Ramon, even though he was a big guy, he wasn't like the mountain of fucking beef that Vince McMahon likes. Steve Austin, you know, even right. The Rock, but, you know. But after that, though, like, like more towards the current and I into agree. the future, it was big, yes. muscled up, Triple H, Batista, Cena, you know. Look, look at how they pushed... Big dumb dudes like 
um, Snitsky, Kozlov, Heidenreich until they realized, uh, oh, these guys are are horrible. Yeah, uh, what's that? Only, what's that they, one dude from the Nexus that they pushed to the moon? But he was just absolutely no. Well, him, but um, the dude that uh, wound up being like their lawyer or something. He like he's David Otunga. David Otunga. They put oh, yeah. David Otunga to the moon because he had muscles on muscles on muscles. But he was absolute dog shit on shit on shit on shit in the ring. I don't think he was but that bad. Were, he just wasn't anything special. Uh, he was he was horrible. He was awkward. He was weird. Like he didn't know what he was doing. I mean, well, granted, all, he didn't he hurt was, anybody, but at the he same was time, to what's her name? Um, he, yeah, Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson. Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. So right there, that gets him a job. Like if 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 you're married to somebody and Vince can tout you as married to somebody, you got right. a job. No problem. But my, my point remains, though, is that, like, past the Attitude Era, Vince's... Right, okay. But Vince's, uh, you know, fear of what he looked at into the sun was big, muscled-up, muscle muscle knuckleheads. And I'll loop and... back around to this point. Vince likes money. Vince can, just like all of us, just like MJF, just like TK, they can all look at the quarter-hour breakdowns. They can look at the segment-by-segment -segment breakdowns and see where the views are on Dynamite. And every single week, time after time, it's MJF. So not only does he have the best mic skills in the business, and I don't think that that's, you know, no one can dispute that. Not only is he a very capable hand in the ring, and again, I don't think a lot of people are going to dispute that anymore. But he's also an an it guy. He's the guy that people will tune in to see. One way or another, people are tuning in to see Maxwell Jacob Friedman, whether it's to talk, whether it's to get his ass kicked, whatever. Like people are tuning in, and that's what Vince saw. Vince or, is like, okay. Or let's let's not belittle him here, or to watch him actually work. Right. Exactly. So like then, Vince like, understands what, what numbers. People tuning in. Weren't people tuning into NXT to see Adam Cole? Weren't, Apparently weren't people not tuning enough. into NXT to see um, Prince Face Paint? What's his nuts? Apparently not uh, enough. Finn Balor, but but like that. The grass that is always what... the, the, the the grass is always greener, though. You know, okay. Vince can take a look at those guys and be like, "Ah, eh, they're not my guys." Like I didn't train them. Those... Yeah, they weren't Vince's picks at all. Those were all those were all Triple H's picks. Those were exactly. his guys. Uh, and and they've been on the independent scene for a hot minute to all have enough quote unquote bad habits that Vince would need to break. Whereas MJF, yes, he existed before WWE. Yes, he's been on the independent scene, but he's also very young, very trainable, and has proven that he can wrestle TV style. And honestly, more than anything else, I think that that's what Vince cares about. Vince could care less about Adam Cole doing his top rope, her uh, his top rope uh, Canadian destroyers. Vince could care less about Keith Lee fl flinging dudes into the tenth row. Vince doesn't care about that indie shit. Vince wants to see people who can wrestle on TV, and MJF absolutely gets how to wrestle on TV. So that's another thing that I think Vince looks at and goes, "This kid understands it. He." Just not like the rest of those spot monkeys over there. He understands how oh. to wrestle, and, and Vince's words, not mine. 
Uh, although, you know, Jeff Hardy. Um, but, you know, Vince, uh, you know, Vince is like, hey, I, I get it. Like, and I get that he gets it. So that, and again, I, I'm not Vince McMahon. I, 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 I can't read Vince's mind. But that to me, between the ratings, to me, the total package. Yeah, man. Thank you. The total package and, um, Lex. you know, the, it's his birthday, by the way. Uh, the it factor. Like he absolutely saw dollar signs in MJF, and for good fucking reasons. I just, I get, I get that pit in my stomach feeling, thinking about MJF and WWE like I did when we went back and were just. Well, I say we. When we go back and you guys were all just boner city crazy for the fiend. He's the next phenom. He's the next Undertaker. He's going to be the future of the WWE. Oh, no. Now, I don't have a big opinion in my stomach as I did with him. Well, okay. I, I, I got a little bit. I got a little put bit a, in there going. Put a like, pin in this. Ransom, ransom. We got, we got business, and, and this, is, this is actually a good talking point for after, after picks because this, this is more relevant than you may realize. Let's, pin a pin, let, let's put a pin in all this. Uh, let's let's Ouch, do some picks. Yes. You put a pin in my butt. Uh-huh. That's not okay, <laughs> Giggity, get it? Um, oh. <laughs> Hell in a Cell this oh, Sunday night. Jokes. Um, you know it's it's okay. I'll I'll say this. Um, I I I don't expect much from it. But as we've seen with WWE, if we don't expect a lot out of it, it might end up being a good show. And again, I don't want to put my mouth on trouble. The name of Ransom's penis. I, uh, <laughs> I, I um, hello. Uh, I he he told me I, he told me it was named Kyle. <laughs> I named my uh, dick trouble. Does your um, dick also drink energy drinks and wear a backwards baseball cap? Now you're my now you got trouble in you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, looking at this card, it's not that bad of a card. Uh, and so far, it's only raw matches. So that's what we're going to pick: raw matches. And uh, oh. one of our one one of our new picks, or one of our new pick'em contestants last month, Ryuk, uh, asked the question: You know, what, do do we? You know, how, how do we handle the picks afterward? Easy answer: We don't. <laughs> SmackDown may announce five more matches tomorrow night, and guess what? We won't give a shit about any of them. Um, well, you know, if, if they're good matches, we'll, you know, enjoy watching them just like we enjoyed watching Darby versus, um, Kyle O'Reilly. It was a great match, but we didn't pick it. So, um, we, we can only pick what's on the table, uh, the, the Thursday before the pay-per-view and here's what we got. You ready, boys? Here we go. Cody Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins in a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, Bianca Belair defends against Oscar and Becky Lynch in a triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship. Bobby Lashley versus Omos, Omos, excuse me, and MVP in a two-on-one handicap match. Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. Oh. Oh. Theory allegedly. defends <laughs> allegedly Ezekiel. Theory defends against <laughs> Mustafa Ali uh, for the United States <laughs> Championship. Oh wait, and they're actually they're actually using Mustafa Ali again. They are, they are, and they're actually they're actually defending the United States title on pay per view. Uh, wow! Double, double that'll, that'll be a pre-show. Come on. Uh, well, I mean, they got six matches on the card, so you know, maybe it'll First listen. Match of the night. 
Yeah. Theory, <laughs> yeah that... theory and Theory and Ollie will get relegated to the pre-card for sure. We'll Damn see. it. Uh, and uh, finally, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan take on The Judgment Day, which is Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. Um, Edge doing his best old man Logan cosplay is just is just wonderful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, uh, as... make uh, make uh, allegedly our guest pick first. We, I will. I, he will. But, I, I was gonna say we should probably go over uh, where everybody finished up on the standings. Am I right, Beef? You are reading my mind, my dude. Awesome. As... I just let him turn that knife. Go ahead. The people need to be informed. The people deserve to know. And so, your new Chooserweight champion, Decreus. The final standings from May. As we have alluded to, yours truly came at the top of the heat with 72 points. Followed closely behind by Target Bomb Tom with 71 points. Followed... Oof. Closely behind by Pat with 70 points. Oh. Good on you, Pat. You got you got within striking distance, my man, but you just couldn't close that gap. He made up a lot of ground um, with that with that pay-per-view, I believe, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. I, he I think, sure did. Yeah. Pat so. got uh fifty-seven points out of that pay-per-view, and I believe Wow. Yeah, yeah, that was the best that that was the biggest margin of points in that pay-per-view by like four. Damn. So yeah. Wow. Um. Uh. Yeah. So Pat had seventy. Uh. Poot had sixty-eight. Good job, Poot. I was so close. The incumbent, our uh, our, our very special guest Dave, then came in with sixty-seven. Not a bad, not a bad, uh, not a bad score, but just uh, wasn't your month there, champ. Sorry about that. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen with all the <laughs> shit I got going on around. But yes. Oh, here come the excuses, boys. Here uh, no, come the excuses. Hey, I don't make any excuses. Like I said, just <laughs> hold on to it for the month. I'll get it back. Well, oh. Listen to this guy. Um, Ryuk had 64. Uh, Ransom came in at 62. Oh, dear. And then uh, Amber was down at 57. So... You're not the worst. You're not the worst. Um, but that was last month. This is this month. We are now picking Hell in a Cell, and we will start with our friend, Vapor. Allegedly. Dave. Now, now I'm a friend. Allegedly. Well, you're you're a friend of the show. You're you're a friend oh. of the show. Okay. Um, all right. Because, because you're my friend, Dave. Belt, right? I, don't, I don't care what Dave <laughs> says about you. You're my friend. I know. Hey, I saw that video. For the right price, I'll be your friend. We'll, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I pay him at least two cents a month. As long as you got me as a friend, you don't need them. Anyway, Dave, here's your first. Here is your first task. What's the first match? Cody Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins at the Hell in a Cell match. Six points on the line, so you know the deal. One through six, pick them. Who you got? How many points? So you're starting with the only decent match that's going to be this Sunday. Oh, I so. disagree, my dude. This is <laughs> this is a good looking card, but this uh, is definitely going to be the main event, more than likely. Okay, um, 
I haven't watched any WWE this mm. month, as you can tell by my pick in the last pay per view. Um, oh, I don't even know. They this is what their third match. Yes, yeah, like a big match. Yeah, and they Cody's have... got both wins. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <sighs> See, Cody, this is where they could. Has Cody been ahead. in a Hell in a Cell match before at all? He has not been right? a, in a heck in a sec match, no. Heck in a sec. Wasn't he in one with Legacy? No, Probably. I thought that was Elimination no. Chamber or something. Uh, maybe it was. I yeah, have no I idea. Think, I think you're right. The only, the, the only thing you got to look at is, is I know they're building Cody to, to take, I'm hoping to take one of those belts off Roman. Um. Like, do you just continue to to build him at this point, or you know, I mean, he's had he's had little he's had little losses, but it's because of interference. Uh, this is the one that's going to throw a fit for me. So I'm going to go with Cody again, um, and I'll just I'm just going to throw one point on it because I have no idea what they're going to do with this. Ooh. Okay, all right. I tell you what, I like that pick. I'm picking Cody as well. Um. It, it, you know, it, it, I, I don't know what, what, what the future holds for Roman and uh, the the straps. I, I really don't. Uh, I, I'd, I'd like to think that Cody plays a part somewhere in there because they dropped that hint. Um, but and I, I hate seeing Seth Rollins lose a third damn time clean. But I think that's where we're at. So I'm, I'm picking Cody. Three points. Poot. <laughs> a handsome bard. This is where this is where men are made, and you know what? This is why I keep just being out of reach of this stupid freaking title. But uh, I'm gonna go with Seth Rollins for one point. You're gonna go Seth Rollins because I'm just like if they give if they give uh, uh, old old Cody. Uh, the, the old hat old. trick on wins that's fine and I wouldn't be surprised if he has that written in somewhere that he has to just dominate and dominate and dominate and Seth Rollins can eat all the pins in the world and still look like a million bucks but I feel like there's going to be chicanery and I feel like Seth Rollins is going to sneak away and his weasley little face and his ha 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 you know it's just going <laughs> yeah. to is, is going to get it and having that and he'll and he and he'll as the heel blow it up like he's the greatest and he beat Cody Rhodes even though Cody Rhodes beat him twice. I feel like Seth. I feel like Seth Rollins. This is his wheelhouse, and I feel like this is where he can get some chicanery bullshit win. I like that you've reduced Seth Rollins to Wario, and yet I I'm love strangely it. <laughs> Ransom, who you got? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna differ from Poot here, not because I think it's a bad pick, but when I look at this, when I look at this program here with these two, Cody Rhodes came back as a big fucking deal at WrestleMania. He got the win. Okay, that's expected. Now they go on to do. Let's. I'm assuming that they're gonna do a three match program here these three and this is it if Cody wins the second one that makes Cody look real strong especially against Seth Rollins if Cody's if you're going to want to hit your wagon to Cody and you've got future world title plans for Cody 
I don't see the sense in having a big return, big win at Mania, the rematch, WrestleMania Backlash rematch, Cody wins again, building fire, building steam, and then the final, the blow-off match, Seth wins, and that's it, you're done. Like, that's, like that's the end of the program. I don't, I don't see how that propels Cody towards a future world title reign. I feel like that takes the wind out of his sails. Even if it's a chicanery win, Seth does something crooked or stupid, gets out of the cell, you know, hits him with CM Punk's Diet Pepsi. Like, I don't... <laughs> it's just... That, that happening feels like it takes wind out of Cody's sails. And if you're building Cody up for a world title run, having him beat Seth Rollins three in a row off of the heels of coming back sends a message like, okay, this is the guy. We're going to hitch our wagon to him. And when it comes to Cody Rhodes versus uh, Roman Reigns, assuming that's what we're going to get, it makes it that big, that bigger of a spectacle, that bigger of a blockbuster because Cody has just come back and won and won and won and proven he's not the stardust that left. He's the American nightmare Cody Rhodes that has returned. Like, so that's why I see Cody winning this as almost as a foregone conclusion because it makes no sense to me to have Seth Rollins win this third and assumingly final match and then go, ha ha, I've won the match. <laughs> and then Cody goes, well, f- what am I going to do now? But yeah, it's happened uh... before. So I'm sorry, man. What was your pick and how many points? Uh, I'm going to do Cody Rhodes for five points. Shit. Tom. Oof. Man, uh, I, I like Poot's reasoning. Uh, I also kind of want to go Waluigi, but I'm not. I, I don't know. Ransom Ransom also made a very, very salient point there about Cody. I If there is a match where they would have Seth go over him, this would be the one to do it because. Because it, it's one where you could get away with a lot of chicanery. And a lot of bullshit. Um, <laughs> oh boy, I don't know this. All right. Part of me also is even thinking like, will they do a dusty finish? But they're not that. Nobody hard. wins. It's they're... it's hard to do a dusty finish on Hell in a Cell. Exactly. Like like yeah, they've like... done it before. They, Unless they both get stretched out. Seth Rollins no was in it. Wait, yeah, yeah. Which, who was that one? Was that the one with the, that fiend. Was the, one with the fiend? It was yes. Seth Rollins and the Fiend. Ah, oh, damn it. Oh, no. Damn damn it. Was, wait, so wasn't there one where uh, uh, Roman Reigns was involved too? I don't know. Was there? You might be thinking of the one where he speared Brock Lesnar out of the, through the cage and like Lesnar held on to the title that way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That was that was the cage match in like Abu Dhabi or wherever the fuck it is. Djibouti. Yep. Oh, are we gonna? Oh, Tom, is Tom gonna pick a no contest for this and steal the title away? Oh. I I doubt it. Uh, nah, I'm gonna pick the safe bet and go with Cody. But for one, I'm not confident in this at all. Confidence. At all. At all. No. I, I I don't know. It, it's. Right yeah. Th- this, this, 
looking looking at the card this is the this is the one match of all of them that does not seem this and the triple threat are like the only ones that are like very unclear of how they could go but ride the i'll ride the hot hand and i'll go with the son of a son of a plumber for one if 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 you're even considering putting Toadie in the in Toady Cody in the Toadie. title picture uh, at SummerSlam, he absolutely has to be Rollins here. Uh, speaking of the triple threat match, yeah. what we're picking next: Bianca Belair defends against Asuka and Becky Lynch. Uh, just in the sake of timing, I'm going to pick Bianca for six points. Uh, I don't think there's a fucking point in the world to give her back the title at WrestleMania to have her lose it two months later. I think that'd be silly and stupid, so I'm picking <laughs> Bianca Belair. That's what we thought last year. Ah! Yeah, but she ah. held it like till SummerSlam. So, you know, talk to me, talk to me again in a, in, a, in, a, in a month and a half. In a month and a half. Okay, not that much of a difference. Who, right. who you got? Oh, uh, Bianca Belair uh, for six as well. Because again, it uh, just echoing beef. There's no reason for me to expound on it. They need to ride this wave minimum to SummerSlam. Ransom. Bianca Belair, four points. Tom. Bianca Belair, two points. Allegedly, Dave. Well, considering this match was thrown together because of the whole um, Naomi and Sasha debacle, I'm going with uh, Bianca for six as well. I think if anything, probably just moved up their timetable. I think they ultimately plan to have a match like this. Uh, later on down the summer, and they were just like, "Ah, eh, fuck it, we'll just, we'll just move up the timeline. Show, show Sasha and Naomi how much we don't need them, which is fair. So it's all fair points." Um, the Bobby Lashley, champ, by the way, who are the new women, who are the new women's tag champs? Well, <laughs> nobody. So yeah, they 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 said we're gonna do a tournament for them, and then they realized that they have like four women's tag teams on the <laughs> roster. So, oh, um, they've. I think they're going to take this opportunity to just let them quietly disappear. Well, they've talked Ooh. about bringing up the women's some some of the women's tag team from NXT to compete, but that's a different can of worms because they already have their own tag team champions in NXT for the women. <clears throat> so, and and they, uh, which which I think was a mistake to begin with. It's, not that I didn't love NXT, but it was superfluous. They didn't need them. It's also not good PR to just have that go away. Because eventually someone's going to go, hey, whatever happened to the women's tag belts? And also, and also, it would only just serve to prove Sasha and Naomi's points. Uh, how unimportant those belts were. And how they were, you know, that's that's what they were, why they were trying to stand up for them. So, um, and Vince, if anything else, we know that Vince doesn't like to be a guy who's proven wrong. So, uh, I think I think that he will absolutely have somebody else win them. It's just a matter of when. Bobby Lashley oh. will take on Omos and MVP in a uh, handicap match. Poot, you're picking first. Um. Just because I like him so damn much and I think that they are going to fuck up this almost thing, I'm going to go Bobby Lashley for two points. Fuck it. Ransom. Um, I'm going to go almost and MVP for one point. I think... Was it was it almost and Lashley and Mania? Yes. It was. Okay. I, 
And then again at I, Backlash. Yes. And who won that one? Omos did, didn't he? Um, yeah, I think, I think Lashley won at WrestleMania. Omos, uh, Omos won at uh, Backlash. Oh. Yeah, they, they split it. Yeah, this is a rubber match for sure. <sighs> okay, that does change things. Um, now, nah, I'm going to stick with Omos and... and oh, fuck. No, nah, I'm gonna stick with Omos. Uh, that's that was my gut. My gut is if they're if they want to if they want to try to do something with Omos, having him lose twice to Lashley, especially back to back, that's that's not that's not the way to get him into th- into the position that they want to try to get him in. So I'm gonna put my one pointer on Omos, Omos, Omega, Kenny. Good night. Goodbye, Tom. <laughs> uh three points bobby lashley dave um i'm thinking because they're trying to build this guy up and making him get a a win the last time didn't look very good by putting it in a handicap match almost gets the win again him and mvp so i'm gonna put two points for them all right we're pretty uh oh and me i guess i should get my point um i i like lashley uh, but I'm not confident, so I'm putting two points on it. Um, seems like we're a pretty good, pretty good split house there. Ezekiel, sure. that's not Ezekiel, that's Elias versus Kevin Owens. Ransom, who you got? Uh, what what do I have point wise? Uh, you have two, three, and six. I'm gonna do uh. <laughs> I love, I love, um, I love when he has the moment of realization where he just like realizes he painted himself into a corner somehow, some way with something. And he's oh, yeah. Um, a don't talk about it. B, <laughs> how dare you? And seven, I'm gonna put, uh, I'm gonna put two, three points. Uh, I'm gonna put two points. On Ezekiel Elias, I don't. Again, if you're trying to get legs to this gimmick, having him lose to Kevin Owens doesn't accomplish that. Thomasy. End of speech. Ron Paul's <laughs> oh. uh, Six points for Ezekiel. Oh my gosh, that's that's a that's a lot of confidence, Dave. Um. Can anybody tell me what's going on with this? I have no clue. Like, no. With these two. <laughs> okay, uh, so let, allow me. Your, yeah, allow me. So, have you ever watched the movie The Thing? Um, which one? The the better original, the remake? Which one? The better Sounds original. Sounds like both. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, so yes, I have. The Thing showed up, turned into Elias, but didn't do it with the beard. And decide to call himself Ezekiel. And Kevin Owens is the only person apparently in the room that's like, this is Elias. This is not Ezekiel. And Ezekiel's like, no, I'm Ezekiel. I'm Elias's younger brother. And he is standing his ground on that. And it's driving Kevin Owens fucking bonkers. <laughs> um, yeah. This whole match is just because he thinks he's going crazy? or he's No, it's, not to go no crazy? it's because... He's like, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm Ezekiel. I'm Elias's younger brother. And like on social media, there's a Photoshop picture of them standing next to each other. Like, oh god, you know, it's fucking hilarious. 
and they're playing it well. And Beef even pointed out the good guy a lot, are Ezekiel memes. Oh, they're so good. Like, Ezekiel's oh, the kind of guy okay. that will stop and help you change a tire, even if he doesn't know you. Like, you know, it's like stuff like that. Okay. It, it, that, so that's pretty much it. It's basically, like, the first night he came out and he's Ezekiel, he, Corey Graves is like, I, that guy looks familiar. And he's like, no, that's Ezekiel. And Kevin Owens is the only person going, no, this is Elias. And the crowd, of course, did it. But now the crowd apparently is on board with this as Ezekiel. And it's just fucking magic. Um, okay. It's fantastic. It's amazing watching Kevin Owens lose his mind being the only one that knows that Ezekiel is Elias, but nobody else will believe him. Yeah. It's, okay. It's just right. driving so, Kevin so Owens I, insane. I need to go back and watch these interactions is what you're saying. Oh, my okay. God. This 100%. Is, this, is, this is some okay. stinky dog poo that absolutely would have been something you would have been like, oh, man, what a step in this if it wasn't for Kevin Owens. But now you're like, oh, this is hilarious because it's Kevin Owens. Like, if, if yep. Kevin okay. Owens wasn't involved, this is something that we would absolutely be crucifying Vince McMahon for. Yeah, it's it's very, very tongue-in-cheek. All right, so, and this is their first match, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, so I got, what do I have, three, three four, and five left? Yes, sir. <sighs> All right, in that aspect, I think it's, if they're just starting this, then more than likely, I think I'm going to go with Ezekiel for three because I could see him getting like a quick roll-up win or something, just something fast and out of nowhere just to piss off Kevin Owens, and then they have to do you know, uh, another match after this. Uh, good pick. I like Ezekiel, one point. Poot? Oh, my God, Ezekiel, five points. Oh, uh, it's a no-brainer. I almost said Austin Theory. <laughs> Theory <laughs> defends against Mustafa Ali in a singles match for the United States Championship. Tom, who you got? Um, I'm going to put... I got four and five left. I'm going to put uh four points on Theory. I I don't... I, I, I know he's still, he's still getting a lot of FaceTime with... Uh, with Vince and stuff like that, doing the selfies and everything like that. So obviously, you know, Vince sees something in theory, which is good because he should, because theory's, you know, he's he's got that he's got that it factor. He's got the look. Um, I, I just don't see Mustafa Ali being the the one to take the the title off him because they've done dick all with Mustafa Ali forever. Mm-hmm. Why should that change? Mm-hmm. Now? Why why now? Then, now, forever, fuck Mustafa Ali is, is WWE's fucking... Oh, or at least Vince. Yeah. So, four, yeah, four points on theory for sure. Dave, who are you picking on this one? So, on this one, uh, I mean, I don't think they're going to give it to Ali already. Or, I mean, Mustafa, whatever his name is now. Uh, I think theory's going to probably keep this. Yeah. I think uh, Theory's going to keep it. They might build it up a little bit more. I don't think he's going to lose that until at least SummerSlam if he does. So I'm going to go with Theory with, I think I have four and five. So let's go with four. Yes. Uh, I mean, (laughs) again, uh, hot shot titles are not fun, Um, especially something like the United States title that has a great history. So let's let's try here, huh? Let's try. Uh, should actually be a really good match for what it's worth, but I yeah, th- theory wins this. Uh, I got five points on it. Uh, Poot. 
there is no way that Muffaletta Albert is taking that belt. Um, so, so I, I'm going with Fury. Fury for for five points. I think I'll, all I have left is four. No, you have you have three and four left. Oh, three and four. I'll go four for for Theory and not Muffaletta oh Albert. God. Did I? I did I just be hear? Think of him the same way again. Did I just hear an honest to God spit take? <laughs> he might have. I did. I did. did I do but... it? Have I? Oh, have I achieved the, the peak of no. comedy? <laughs> no, you broke me though. Oh my god, uh... I, was not, I was not expecting that. <laughs> Ransom, who you got? I'm gonna put my uh, three pointer here on Muffalota Albert. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do theory because of what everybody said. Figure it out, theory for, for three points. So do of em. course, out there at home, if you're putting, if you're, if you're jumping the DraftKings and making some bets this weekend, make sure to put your money on Ali. Uh, finally, oh, damn we, it! Who the hell is that? Have... <laughs> Allie. Who the who the shit is King Mizisu? Uh finally we have Finn Balor versus AJ Styles versus Liv Morgan. If if you know, you know. Uh I'm sorry, AJ Balor and Liv versus the Judgment Day. Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. Um uh, Dave, you're first to pick on this one. First to pick I, I, at the I, beginning, first to pick at the end. Well, okay, so I got a question first before we do this one. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that they're going to be adding a fourth member this weekend because they've been yes. talking about yes. it? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know about I, I, I don't know about this weekend, but I I think that a fourth member is coming. Yes, but maybe maybe not this weekend. It's okay. false. Uh, so this is the first like group match they've had correct like usually it's just yes. been them against aj or or them uh, against I think, Fowler or... they might I have think, had some tags but not a but yeah not edge a tag yet edge and priest may have done stuff together but never as the three men unit no or three person oh. unit no giggity okay uh i don't know the last time i picked this group actually the last two pay-per-views this group has screwed me over so <laughs> oh <laughs> um the problem is, like, the, if you keep beating the the you know, baby faces at this point, when do you stop caring for them? I mean, they've lost twice on the last two pay per views. So no, never, <sighs> never, no, never. I swear, I know I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna go with is it the Judgment Day or Judgment Day. The, it, the. Okay. The Judgment Day, yes, sir. I'm gonna go with the Judgment Day, and this is gonna be the match where they lose. So uh, uh, I'll go with whatever points I've left. So you are picking Judgment Day, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably gonna yeah, lose this one, but go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I. Uh, go ahead. I, you know, I, I, I agree. Uh, I th and, and I and I think that you and I are on uh, a, a, a very similar level here, where I think we I, I also picked the uh, the opposite of you know Judgment Day both times, um, be it you know WrestleMania Backlash whatever. I think I picked um, against them every time, and here we here we are. But um, I I mean it's their first match as a group. You can't you can't do that. 
Edge has been, if you guys follow Edge on social media, he's been like putting out pictures every single day of somebody new. Um, Champa was there. He posted Balor. He posted Liv Morgan. He posted um, AJ Styles. He posted um, just just a number of people. Like every, every day was a new picture of like you know all all these rumored people. So that tells me it's probably not anybody that we're expecting. Um, but I think we will get a fourth member, just maybe not this weekend. But I am picking the Judgment Day. It is my four pointer. Poot. The Judgment Day, my three pointer. Um, I think we are going to get at the end of the at the end of the match, we're gonna get a swerve. I think Balor's gonna join, and he's gonna be all fucking dark prince, princery, prince chancery, last chancery. He's gonna be uh, chancery. I, I think you, that I think that is the most likely there. thing that will happen. But if it doesn't happen this weekend, I still think that the Judgment Day is going over. Which I'm sorry, still haven't gelled with that name. They could have tried a little fucking harder. I mean, would you would would you rather that be called the backlash or the Armageddon? No, I maybe would like them to be the, called uh, the Great Balls the, of Fire. Maybe, the great, maybe thank you. The, the capital punishment. The, the fatal four way. Uh, the in your house. <laughs> the in your house. The over the My house. Oh no! Oh. Not never. There it is. Ransom, who you got? Poor Owen Hart. Um, should should have been Goldberg. Should have been. Oh, no. I'm gonna go Bub Burbo. Oh, I almost said I'm gonna go Bret Hart. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have another. I'm gonna have another drink of this tequila. Uh, I'm gonna go Judgment Day. Um, yeah. It it doesn't. Six points. Suck it. It doesn't make sense to have this group first time as a group fighting as a group lose. That's stupid and bullshit. Don't do it. Um, I I can see them not introducing a new member at this pay-per-view, but on the other hand, I think, why wait? Like, why wait? Because I feel like if they introduce a new member here, that just allows them to go in and do either a 4v4 at SummerSlam or uh, three, three men versus three men at SummerSlam. Um, and plus, I think, like, since Edge has teased all three of his opponents in this match as potential people to join Judgment Day, it really could make for a good nobody trusts anybody on that team. And, you know... Every like AJ's always looking over his shoulder at Balor. Balor's always looking over his shoulder at AJ. They're both looking over their shoulder at Liv Morgan. Like, who are you gonna do it? Like, don't do it. Oh, oh, don't you don't do, don't it. do it? Don't you? Don't you fucking, you do fucking it. did it. Keep moving. Fucking Keep moving. Don't it. do it. Um. So yeah, I think I think that could factor into this match as like a good like, you know, added version of paranoia. Like, oh, is that, who's gonna do it? Are you gonna do it? Get out of here. Um. And I also wouldn't be surprised to see it be none of the people he teased just as a complete out of nowhere surprise. Maybe Wyndham Rotunda comes back and joins up with the old Judgment Day. Hello. Um, We'll see. We'll see. But I definitely think they're going to win. All right. Top Gun Tango Tom, take us home. Who you got? Uh, 
this is uh, my five pointer. Uh, so I, I think uh, I think there's a good chance that uh, that it, it, like Rance was saying, it's not anybody that we've seen. If there is somebody that uh, joins them, um, you know, be on the lookout for fucking Veer. I'm kidding, obviously. Um, the worst. Yeah, exactly. Um, Gender might. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Throw Shanky in there too while you're at it. I, I, I could care less. Uh, no, Judgment Day is going to win this one for sure. Um, I, I, I think they might hold off on, on adding somebody just yet. But I, but I do like the, the paranoia aspect of that. It's good to you know have an edge play those mind games and you know uh, work in the, work in the psychology and everything like that. So uh, I, I'll, I, I could sit there and if I actually had cable, watch it all day long, all, all the weeklies. I'd, I'd watch Rob just for Judgment Day. Yeah, maybe Liv Morgan too. How you doing? I don't think the same match. How you doing? What's that? It's a good thing they're in the same match. Yeah. Um, right. And and I'm and I'm gonna guess, um, <clears throat> being that I mean, be, being that it's not added on yet, maybe they're saving it for SummerSlam. I don't know. What, what has there been any talk of the um, the the unification of the tag titles yet? Like I know we saw. I know you showed us pictures. Oh, it happened. It's it's Very already day. happened. It was last yep. week. Oh well, fuck me then. Yep. Okay. The Usos are already the uni- unified champs. No surprise they- there. Then they turn around and took took out Orton. Yep. Yep. So now Riddle's teaming with Nakamura because because reasons. Reasons. Why not? Poor Nakamura and poor Riddle. So there's your judge. There's your judgment day. There's your Hell in a Cell <laughs> picks. Yeah. Uh, Are they gonna change their music to Bro, Bro, Bro? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I mean, I get it. You know, they're uh, Nakamura's down Boogs and Riddle's missing Orton, so why the hell not? But yeah, it, the, whole, the whole thing's kind of weird. I, I, I tell you. I'll come back and Boogs, Orton. I mean, like, between, Orton the, Boogs. Between, between the two of them, you might Orton. actually get, like, one... Between the two of them, you might actually get, like, one set of fully opened eyes. Jesus Christ, like... Oh, okay, Wow! At least it's not Asian yeah, uh, Pacific Islander fucking month anymore. At least, at least he waited for Pride I was month. alluding like, to the marijuana usage. Yeah, I mean, you want to well, take it you there. Were, you, were, you were half alluding to marijuana use. What about the other half? Come on, Tom. We you, ain't dumb. you need to tell me that Nakamura isn't Get out there your getting shit together, Tom. Come on now. <laughs> He's out there surfing waves and uh, fucking smoking blunts all day all long. All right, too. all right. <laughs> all right. So yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not even going to tell you how to do the picks because uh, by the time you hear this episode, you will have already picked or else you will lose and you're going to all lose anyway because I will continue to be the champ or at least somebody here at the Pittsburgh Powder on the podcast will be not Dave. Oh, not we with were, the way that I pick champions. Not with the way we, that I pick fuck stick. We we were almost co-champions beef. If I would have just like we were very close. My, if I would have pulled my head out of my ass and and thought with my head instead of my heart and picked Britt Baker instead of Ruby Soho. We've we've done it before, man. And 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 I and I, I will welcome when we are co-champions again. Team Tiger Beef. But 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 for now, Beefy's time to shine. Uh, keep blowing each other up. Let's go.
Yeah. <laughs> ha, ha, he called so, it. Nerds. Let's uh, let's let let's talk a little bit more about AEW because that's that's kind of the hot button right now. Um, WWE is in the doldrums, except for having to move their one one of their big uh, summer shows to a smaller arena. You know, more Oops. more oh, more. I uh, my ass off when I heard that. More bomb threats. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, you, you yeah, oh, that, yeah, that, bomb like, threats. That, yeah, that, that as punk, in their attendance is on... gonna bomb. <laughs> well done. Wait, Punk I didn't know Sergeant Slaughter was on the card again. <laughs> Punk put that on tw- Twitter. He he uh he just said more bomb threats question mark and then immediately took it right back down. But of course people got it and <laughs> I had to fucking laugh because it's so laughable, you know. And I you know, I, I, I commend them. But I mean like they put out this big commercial with Cody Rhodes talking about first of all that confused the fuck out of everybody where he's like so you want a shot at the title at wrestlemania it all starts here and everyone's like wait is the royal rumble happening in june what's happening <laughs> it's money in the bank and everybody's like well did they did they change the rules for money in the bank like no you just have to be smarter than what you wwe wants you to be uh, and they like had the big promo package of he like he's standing in the middle of the Death Star in, in Las Vegas and you know they had the pyro package and everything and <clears throat> man they they tried so hard but it it just never came together you know why because money in the bank should not be its own event repeat no. it with me no nope. money in the bank in should the not bank be should its, not own, be its event. own event rabble Thank rabble money rabble. in the bank Thank should drive flarb and fling flamin. Money in the Bank was amazing when it was part of WrestleMania. And if you have a hard-on for doing two Money in the Bank matches, whether it be a men and a women's, whether it be, you know, an upper card and a mid card, whether it be a singles and a tag team, I don't give a fuck. If you want to do two, guess what? There are two nights of WrestleMania now. You can do one on each night. There you go. There's no fucking reason. There's no fucking reason why (laughs) this should be happening. Assuming that you keep WrestleMania a two night event, which I would love if they continue to do, but you know, I think it's already been announced for sure next year. For sure next year, uh, I know it is, but it, but yeah, after I, after after next year, we have no idea yet. So no, nah, I mean it 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 just doesn't make sense to go back to the old way. Well, it became a a staple that you look forward to, like the Royal Rumble every January at WrestleMania. You always had a Money in the Bank. Yeah, and exactly. you always had until that night to cash your briefcase in from the previous year. <laughs> so yep. that was that that was the anticipation that everybody waited for when they switch it to its own pay per view. Now who knows when you have to cash it in? Am I cashing in the next day, the same night? Who knows? You know, three and years I, from now. I think the last two or three years, <sighs> both contracts have been gone by like September. Yep. Um. They sure uh, have. Well, and, I'm sure and one has been gone within the first two weeks. Yep. Yeah, 100%. One, well, I, I was going to say, one of them has almost always been gone, like, either within that night or, like, within that first week. Yeah. Because like, usually they come out on something happens on a Raw or SmackDown. It, who was the last, the last women's Money in the Bank winner, I think, was, wasn't it, was it Bailey? I don't know. Two winners ago was Asuka, but she yeah. and there was no contract. There was the belt in there because that's when Becky got pregnant. Yep. And she yep. she said a congratulations. Last was year, I don't, I don't even know who won last. Um, no, wasn't was last year was the Ronda? screwed up one? No, last no. year wasn't wasn't a. Th- it was no. Last year was um, Bianca Belair, I, wasn't it? No, 
Okay. No, man. Oh, I, swear, I, swear, I swear it was Bailey. I'm because Googling it. Was, it. I it swear it was be. Bailey because she cashed in real quickly. And then. She's got a Google machine. I mean, everybody. <laughs> um, Nick, oh, that's right. Nikki Ash won. Oh, oh that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and again, Biggie. another thing they dropped the ball on. I'm sorry. She was over as fuck. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. that was, that went, right, uh, man. stupid fuck. Hey, didn't, uh, something happen with AEW though? Yeah, yeah I, was, I was, I was, I was, I was just trying to turn the knife and laugh a little bit more at WWE for having all these big fucking grand, oh, it's a big, big, big three mega event summer. Well, it's down to two and a half mega events now. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> double or nothing was, uh, was, uh, was on Sunday night and man, was it a fucking banger of a show as they all are, man. It was incredible. Um, I, I, I think you all would agree with me on, on that. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it was, uh, I, I only missed the first couple. Um, but, but everything else that I saw, I mean, I got to, I got to catch the, the pre-show Dan, ha uh, team Hookhausen was awesome. It was exactly what that needed to be, especially, with uh Danhausen getting the the Jericho pin at the end basically. Um Oh the that, the, the Yeah. I, I can't believe the they are not calling them Hookhausen. That pisses me off. They they're Hook and Danhausen. No! <sighs> We've already named them. Follow fall in line, announcer. Yeah, exactly. Uh no, that that was awesome. <clears throat> um the, and the rest and the rest of the night it was really well paced. All the matches, you know, nothing felt like it dragged too long or anything like that. Um, all, all the matches were were either, you know, at the very least good uh, to awesome. So, yeah, I, you know, the, the first hour had me worried. Um, and, and MJF and Wardlow was exactly what it needed to be. But then we got. The Hardys and the Bucks, and I'm I was, glad I, uh, I'm, I'm glad I missed that one. It, you so know, before, listen, I before before no, I do on. go off, I put in a hey for anyone out there. They I put that I was gonna go poop, but I have to say my word about this. That match, they were making it as this dream match, dream match, dream match. I'm like, you want to see a dream match between the two? Go and watch them on the indies. Don't watch that. It, it wasn't a trash fire. It came alive at the end of it, but it was a real slog getting there. So yep. Beef did say something in the chat, the group chat, when this was either going on or right after it ended. And I want to. I want you to expound on this before uh, me and the other listeners. <clears throat> me and the other listeners. You said something about like Jeff Hardy didn't look what well. He didn't look. Something was going on with Jeff Hardy. Expound on that. Well, so there. And, and can I say there, something about that? You certainly can, Dave. Okay, so I don't know if you saw this yet today, but there was something that came out about it either yesterday, late last night, or this morning, where they're blaming it on his boot coming untied halfway through the match. I saw that, or was it, yeah. Or it wasn't laced up properly, so he was walking around funny in the match because he didn't want his boot to fly off while he was doing moves. And that was like that reason was just absurd <sighs> to me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, like, I, and, and, like, through the match, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, his boot's undone. 
Maybe that's the reason. But like, if you know, start to or finish, he just tied his boot. When, when, well, I mean, in in true fucking Jeff Hardy fashion, it wasn't just like lace him up. It was like some fucking weirdo fucking clip on bonanza shit. And uh, for some reason, he could, he couldn't lace it back up. Somebody had to do it for him before the match he, or something. He had it, it was password protected uh, with uh, with <laughs> with stuff with whips and chains from Hot Topic and a safe word. And fucking, I don't know. Oh, he didn't have his phone to get his secondary verification. Exactly. Yeah, he, exactly. He, he he couldn't get the thumbprint on because he had too much makeup on it. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, no he, face recognition. Uh, yeah, so, no, face, no facial recognition there. Like at at the very beginning when they came out, Jeff Hardy had zero pep. Like you know how he normally fuck gets into it, his fucking body starts going, his hips start going, he gets the fucking Ew. arm flinging. Don't, like don't you know, he, he fucking he fucking me. just like he vibe, man. That's that's one thing he does. He's all vibe, and there was just none of that. Like Matt Hardy was like trying to be too extra for him, but they, he just wasn't oh. there. And that was like my first thought. I was like, "Oh boy, is this is this another fucking like, um, whatever yeah, event that was?" Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So, um, I I don't. Uh, I so if if you've heard or watched, he had a really really tough match with Darby Allen a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, he hurt himself in that match. Bad, where he what did. I understand. He did a swanton and he missed a swanton and like hit the stairs, so he let it back Ooh. first on the stairs. Um, I think at one point. Um, what you get, you dumb spot monkey. Darby did like the coffin drop into like a pile of set up chairs, like so he basically power bombed himself on like the the end of the chairs that were set up. It was. Yes. Exactly what you'd expect from those two. Um, it, it's it's like it's like fucking watching like doppelgangers, just uh, an older and younger version of themselves, just fucking beating the piss out of each other for no good goddamn reason. Somebody had the time to tell each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's basically a demolition derby. It, it, it was a race to see demolition who derby could fuck them up more. Yeah, who could fuck <laughs> each other? And like unlike. The 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 anarchy in the arena match, which I loved, and we'll talk about it. Like there weren't there 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 were high drama spots in that match, but like nobody was going to be fucking dead the next day. Nobody's career was going to be in jeopardy because of it. And and I I appreciate high drama spots. Okay, and I and I get that Jeff Hardy has made his name on high drama spots. And I get that that WrestleMania 16 ladder swanton on the Bubba Ray Dudley will be shown in perpetuity from now until the end of time. I understand every bit of that. But he is not the same Jeff Hardy. He can't act like the same Jeff Hardy. Tony Khan should not have signed him to be the same Jeff Hardy. Shouldn't have signed him at all. Fuck him. Right? I, I, uh, like Ransom mentioned last week, I think that there is still tread on that tire. But I think you have to wear it a I think the threads have been coming through that fucking tire for, for a bit of time now. Well, uh, you know, as opposed to taking those tires off-road, maybe you only drive them in the city. Maybe you only drive them 10 miles a month. Um... I think there is still, t but I mean, you can't, he basically has hit AEW and he's been the Jeff Hardy of like 1999. 
And He's it's like Jeff no, Hardy in nineteen ninety nine forever, even in like twenty fifteen. That's well, the so problem. He's old here, and can't do that shit anymore. Stop here, it. Here's the thing with He's WWE. He's a classic car. Park him in the garage for a while. Exactly. Here's the thing with WWE. Say what you will, but they hit that deficiency well. They knew that he shouldn't be jumping off of ladders anymore. So they put him in like regular matches. And we were all like, man, Jeff Hardy sucks because we weren't seeing him jump off of ladders through tables. Because you know why? Because we all associate him with doing that. And that's why he was quote unquote awesome back in the day. He, it turns out if you take the fucking spots away from the spot monkey, he's just a fucking monkey. Like, <laughs> no, look at that monkey run. He's, he's, there's nothing <laughs> redeemable about Jeffrey Nero Hart in the ring without ladders and chairs and tables. So, not even as a different character, not even as brother Nero. As a character, as, as a man with charisma, yeah, 100%. On the mic, eh. But like in the ring, no, he there's there's nothing that Jeff Hardy does in the ring that makes me go, I can't wait to see Jeff Hardy fight on the in this one on one match. But if uh, Jeff Hardy's in a hey, I'm gonna climb up to the top of this thing, jump off into the fucking pit from Mortal Kombat, I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna watch that shit. Finish him. So he's I, he's basically become a walking car crash. We can't look away. He, and we're exactly. just we're just waiting for him. We're waiting for the next accident. I, and here's the thing, like uh, whenever you start watching a NASCAR race for the car crash and the car crash never happens, five hours later you look at your watch and you go, "What the fuck just happened? Why did I do this to myself?" Now, quick question: <laughs> Do do you? Uh, I I don't know how you feel about like in comparison if you look at like Jeff Hardy's trajectory of his career and how he's how they've treated him and how he's treated himself. One could argue almost the same thing for like Mick Foley because the, they're led in that whole uh, whenever him and Flair had that feud and Flair basically said he wasn't a wrestler. He's a glorified stuntman. You know, like one could argue they kind of did the same thing to Mick Foley, too. But, you know, it. Yeah. And and honestly, like I, I, I hate to see like I know I know um, Mick is, you know, had some issues where I know there was a point where. um you know, in in real life, like he, you know, he was needing like hip surgery or something like that and didn't have the money for it. It was like, you know, go funding, go fund me in it or whatever. But like, I don't want to see that happen to anybody if they can help it. But Jesus right. Christ, like, what does Jeff think he's going to do to himself? Like he's he's setting himself up for failure because I'm sorry, I don't. Well, we, we all I, knew I, I, this. We all knew as wrestling fans, eventually Jeff Hardy was going to hit a wall. And whether you like him or not, whether you like what he does or not, you know, he, he did it and he pushed and he pushed and he pushed well past when people think he should have, or whether I'll bet even he surprised himself, but we're finally seeing him hit the wall. That's, that's the problem with wrestlers who are essentially like beef said spot monkeys. When, when that's, when that's who you are and when you build your brand and off of that, and when people want to see you because you're a spot monkey, you, and that's what I think that, you know, probably Jeff Hardy didn't realize, or maybe, you know, even Mick Foley didn't realize to, a, to an extent, you have a very finite timeline on how long you can go in that role as a spot monkey. Because there's only so much you can do as a spot monkey that gets people to go, bah, bah, bah. 
that is safe for your body until you begin to injure yourself because people want to see more, more, more. And if you don't have that capability to fall back on in-ring wrestling, like some, maybe some people could do both. Some people are excellent spot monkeys, but they are also excellent as just a regular match. No tables, no ladders, no chairs, no flippy doos. But if that's all you can do, you have a very finite timeline. <clears throat> because once your body can't do that anymore, and you know it, it's been said already, Jeff Hardy is a prime example of that. When you put Jeff Hardy in a regular wrestling match and expect him just to do regular wrestling, nobody gives a shit. Because A, it's not great, and B, he went so long off of that Spot Monkey brand that people don't want to see regular wrestling out of him anymore because they want to see the Spot Monkey. Yep. Well, yeah, so, he went. I, I, I have one, one thing to kind of add on to that, and then I actually got to okay. uh, run out of here. Um, and th- this, what you were saying there, Ransom, Getting people to ooh and ah just over you know a move set or whatever, you have to you have to have more to it than just that. Like it's cool to see, it, it's you get you can get a nice pop from a really cool spot, but I've but I've talked about it before. It's this is whenever like the in ring psychology comes into play. This is when you have to be able to cut a promo because you know look at uh, look at somebody for example like Ricochet, you know. The WWE, they didn't really use him well at all. He, he, you know, he could do some awesome flippy dudes and stuff like that, but he wasn't very good on the mic. And they saw that, and they basically neutered him oh, and gross. didn't and didn't do shit with him. So it, it, you have to, like Ransom said, you have to be able to fall back on more. You have to be able to do stuff when you get to a certain point where you realize. I can't physically do some of this same stuff or you know what this character is you know a little stale or something you have to be able to reinvent yourself you have to be able to fall back on some you know wrestling psychology and work people's emotions and get them emotionally invested in other ways besides having a cool looking spot or having a cool looking move because like I'm sure like one of the first times when we saw Sweet Chin Music you know nobody else was really doing super kicks back then it was a big fucking deal. Now you see a super kick like five times a fucking match. It's lost its luster. It's not, you know, a finishing move anymore. It's it's a, you know, a transitional sort of thing or whatever. And and that's, you know, that's the that's not was the, the same way. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And that's yep. that's that's basically my point is a, a move, you know, eventually is going to lose its luster because you're going to see moves over and over and over and over again. Same thing with anything, the same character over and over and over again. You have to be able to reinvent things. You have to be able to adapt. You have to be able to fall back on the actual psychology of the match and get people invested and feeling feeling a reason. Why are you giving them a reason to cheer you or boo you or whatever? Not just, hey, look at this, because eventually... You can only go, hey, look at this so many times before people go, um, yeah, it's not that interesting anymore. So, but good. Uh, good. I think the biggest thing with Jeff Hardy is, is he was this, this, it started out as a spot monkey with, with him and his brother and everything. And, and you got to remember, he's had so many 
public bouts with addiction, that addicted personality is also with the crowd itself. So he craved that bigger and bigger and bigger cheer to the point where he didn't know how to do anything else but go after those, as opposed to other wrestlers who, who did these type of spots like Jericho, who completely changed his, his, his style from, from his luchador days, you know, back when he was back as a cruiserweight, um, you know, he's Hardy never actually did that. Cause he just wanted that, that uh, ad- admiration from the fans themselves. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a very salient I- point. I don't. I don't think it was just the admiration of the fans. I mean, that had to have been a factor, but I think it was just because Jeff Hardy's always been that way, and that's what he always does, and that's what he always did. So he's like, "Fuck it, I'm good at this. I'm fuck it. Let's just keep going." Well, and and, and so at, at 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 the end of the day, um, you know, I, when. When I saw that shit happening live, I was like, "Oh no! Like here we go again." Um, and and I was uh, really hoping that uh, I think I think Ransom mentioned in the chat that you know Tony Khan wouldn't have just thrown him out there. Like he he would have said, "Nope, that's not happening. We'll figure something else out." Um, I I don't think it was just a boot issue. I really don't. Um, I think it was a combination. But like if you know, when when he jumped up to the top rope, he did not jump up to the top rope. It was a very gingerly climb, and he almost fell. Um, like there, there there were a lot of times that were that, that made me go, "I'm really worried about Jeff Hardy here." Uh, you think he has like lingering concussion issues? That could be. I and 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 I hope that I'm so wrong. About right. him being back on the sauce or whatever the fuck his particular vice would be that particular day, but like, I I hope that I'm wrong about that. But that's the first place my mind went. Um, and and I I, I to be honest, it may have been a combination of everything. Maybe he was on one too many painkillers because he fucked himself up two weeks prior. Which is another great lesson in being a booker, being the company owner, being the guy who makes the decisions. If you have a marquee matchup coming up in two weeks, don't jeopardize that by putting one of the guys in that match in some fucking stupid match that nobody's going to remember past two mm-hmm. weeks. Um, yep. Sure, it's great. You know, and people at the time were lauding, oh, this was an incredible match. This is the best match of the year. Da, da, da. It was fun. But, like, <clears throat> as soon as uh, Anarchy in the Arena happened, I was like, this has been way more fun than, than, than the fucking Jeff Hardy and Sting, or uh, Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen match. And nobody, like, put their career in jeopardy. It was just big, stupid, dumb fun. So I think that there is a line that I think Tony Khan needs to kind of see and, and start to start to understand. Um, and I, I guess the name of the game is not trusting Jeff Hardy, uh, really at all, ever, about anything. Hey, Jeff, are you sober? Yeah, all right. Mm-mm, you're probably not. Hey, Jeff, blow, are you Blow here. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Mm, you're probably not. Like, Why hey, would we Jeff. just put a um, breathalyzer next to a gorilla? Like if you had his car, oh, you know, he has Jesus. to blow into it every time uh, he goes to the ring. Fuck. You know. <laughs> before his music, before he can get his music to play, 
If he doesn't blow into it or if he blows into it and doesn't pass, his music doesn't play. And and the one point that I want to come back around on is this. If Jeff Hardy had something medically that was an issue with him, let's not forget that this is not the first time that that's come up with Tony Khan. Um, yeah. There was the uh, uh, Jamie Hayter incident, or no, I'm sorry, uh, it may have been Jamie Hayter. I don't know if it was Jamie Hayter or Bree Priestley. Anyway, way back at like Fight for the Fallen 2019, um, where they got concussed before the match or like during the match, and very oh, that clearly was, that was a uh, Brit. Uh, I think it was Brit and uh, uh, Priestley or whatever, because uh, Aubrey Edwards was the ref in there, and she it was. It was a tag team match. I think I think the Brit and yeah. uh, Priestley were on a team together. Maybe I can't. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but I, I think it was Brit that actually got concussed. No, it was no? not. No, it was, it was it was it was it was definitely somebody else. And uh, okay. yeah, they 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 very clearly were out of it. And then you know there was the fucking Matt Hardy thing um, two years ago, maybe or may, may, maybe it was last year With, where he uh, basically yeah yeah where, where he basically yeah. got oh, concussed yeah, in match. And they, match. And, and they had to, like, you know, he said, keep pushing on. So, like, I, I, I don't want to, you know, jump on this too hard either. But if if there were a lingering problem with Jeff Hardy and, and Tony Khan said, hey, man, go out there and do your thing, like, yeah, that's, that's not a good luck either, bud. That's not a good luck either. But... No. <clears throat> After, and, and then after that match was Jade and Anna, which was mercifully under 10 minutes. Um, I I like both of those girls. I think they're both going to go a long way. I think that Jade's going to be an absolute superstar, but it wasn't going to be on Sunday. Um, nah. It 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 really took off with the House of Black match, and, and it, 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 it never really slowed down uh, after that. Um, even... Uh, the uh, the O'Reilly Darby Allen match was phenomenal uh, for not even being for having like no booking and like no like the the only thing that had happened was that um, O'Reilly and um, Fish um, pulmonized Sting's ankle a couple weeks prior like other than that like there was no build up to it and uh, yeah they they it was phenomenal. The ones that stuck with me were the three last matches. Well, 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 three of the four last matches, which was the Anarchy in the Arena match, the women's title match, and uh, the CM Punk match. Um, the and, and the tag team match was really good too. But uh, it, you know, in in comparison, I think that 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 those three blew it out of the water, and I think blew the rest of the card out of the water. First of all. Let me say how great it was to see the women's title be in a really good match. Um, I think that Britt Baker's been champion for a long time, and we said oh, that was that was that was a good match. It was an okay match, but like it's nice that the women's title actually stood out for once, you know? Yeah, I I agree. I mean, we we talked about it a little bit as we were watching the Ooh. event. Like, no disrespect to Britt, but it. it as far as in ring ability, it seems like she kind of is like plateaued a little bit. Um, and Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb uh, in the ring were just uh, phenomenal. I, I was gonna say I would say Britt Baker has gotten comfortable 
Like, yep. I think that's a good way to put it is that because of her spot, because of her clout, because of her popularity, you know, you, I, and, it, and it happens to literally anybody, you kind of lose your edge, you know? You get, you get fat, you know, maybe not literally fat, but that, you know, like you, you're... Emotionally you know, bloated. Yeah, yeah. You're in a place where you're like, hey, I know what I'm doing. I'm really good at this. I'm not going to go anywhere. So, like, you're you're happy. You're satiated. You're – yeah, and, and that's it exactly. And, I mean, Brit and, – and I – and, again, I, I understand that we are the Pittsburgh Pile Driver Podcast and that Brit represents Pittsburgh time and time again. I'm proud we are of her. But at the end of the day, she has to keep working. She has to keep showing up hungry because I'm telling you what, it's feeding time. Like, that women's division uh-huh. is absolutely ready to pop. Um, with 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 Sheeta being back, with D being able being at the level that she is, with Statlander absolutely going through the roof right now, with Ruby Soho coming into her own, with um, Athena debuting. Like right now, that women's division is ready to hit the stratosphere. So if you're not ready and if you're not on board, we got two words for you. You better be. No, we don't. Damn it. Um, well, the question with Britt too is she had it for so long that she may have been burnt out by that point. That's you true know, too. She, I mean, she may have been done. She basically beat everyone. They were they were trying to build her up an opponent that, that could take it from her, and once they finally did, yeah. But it, it they took their sweet time getting there because you know she was she held it through. I'm pretty sure all almost all of the COVID stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, she beat. Uh, well, no, she beat Sheeta. Oh hell, I think she she held it for like almost a full year. Um, I think that she it, it was almost 360 days, something like that. But yeah, she she had she had it for a minute for sure. But yeah, um, let's see, she won it at double or nothing in 2021 and lost it in in March. So no, Hikaru Shida had it for almost a year. Britt Baker had it for uh, a, a little under a year. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's 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 just refreshing. To be able to speak glowingly of the AW Women's title for once, um, the the Anarchy in the Arena match was way more than I expected. Oh, I I have to mention this to Ransom because I told him to remind me about it. But since since we're talking about it, so as we're sitting there watching this match, Ransom, they have um, that they uh, you know Jericho Appreciation Society came out first. And then, um, and they played Moxley's Wild Thing song, and uh, you know, Blackpool <laughs> Combat Club and everybody else are coming from like different parts of the arena. Can, I was and, gonna say, can I just say how cool that entrance was? Where yes, it's just it, playing it, the announcers, just not like the American Dragon, Brian, da- just Brian Danielson. Like it just yeah. felt super cool. And 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 it was, uh, and and the, as we're watching it, I was like, we're like. The music's still going. I was like, I'd be okay if they like kept the music going for a while. We were all kind of like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Like, yeah, fuck it. Let the music go for the whole match just because it's a, a whole big fucking street brawl, wild thing. Okay, cool. And I was like, I, I was just waiting. I'm like, okay, something's going to happen where they got to fucking cut it. And Jericho 
again, fucking the the in ring general that he is and the psychologist that he is eventually goes over to like the soundboard area and takes like unplugs something and he's like shut this shit off and just like starts breaking a piece of equipment to stop the wild thing music perfectly done perfectly done that was Smashing like part- over moxley's head that, yeah that, that was the best part that he, that that, he hit moxley with it and, yeah and the after- fans just the fans just ate it up they fucking was- hated it he, he was like the persona non grata for about five minutes after that oh it was it was like it, again that's just one of those things like he didn't have to do so he didn't do a lot necessarily like he didn't have to do a whole big bunch of spots and stuff like that but something little like that so well done so well thought out or even if it was something that came up in the in in the moment i i don't think it was i think that that spot was probably planned but my god like it's just perfect and i laugh my ass off it was so great i love that that was probably like one of my favorite parts of the whole match yeah, man, and and Jericho's showing you to work smarter, not harder. Yep. Jericho should be get, should should be setting a guy like Darby down and be like, "Listen, kid, if you want to end up like Jeff Hardy in twenty years, have at it. Or you could end up like me in twenty years, and go to a new company, be their first world champion, and you know put a, put a rocket on their back all because you're there. Let me teach you how to work smarter, not harder." Um. And, and, uh, you know, <clears throat> Jericho knows how to fucking work the crowd, obviously. You know, he, he he's amazing at what he does. He's a fucking wizard. But um, <laughs> there, there, was, there were just so many just really good spots in that match. I, I love the ending where Daniel Bryan says, I'm going to kick his fucking head in. <laughs> that um, made me pop super fucking hard. Eddie Kingston comes out with the fucking can of gas like he's gonna light Jericho on fire <laughs> and Jericho had the best line of the night uh, well no MJF had the best line of the night well. period on Dynamite but, 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 but Jericho had a great line when he said what kind of a person lights somebody on fire three weeks after he threw a fireball at Eddie Kingston like <laughs> you know he, yeah. he's, he's Jericho is he's on another level for the last how many weeks that yeah, tactical man. that tactical not reading of the room yeah, man, he's so smart, and he fucking gets it. He's on, dare I say, a Triple H like mental level with understanding wrestling right now, um, and and that's that that's a big compliment. Um, and and I mean, you know, we we've known how amazing he is. I I want to hear from you guys what you think about CM Punk winning the title, though. Um, oh, let me say something real quick. Yeah. Um. I actually have to cut cut out, and I haven't watched that match yet, so I'm not going to be able to give any information. Oh, with getting with getting, I know what's happened. I've seen pieces <laughs> of it, but with you know getting ready for my son's graduation and everything, uh, I've been uh, very limited of what I can watch. So yeah, uh, with that, um, I'm going to actually take my leave, and uh, you guys go ahead and enjoy the rest of your evening. Hey, thanks for coming, Dave. Thank You're you, welcome. Make Dave. sure you keep my belt warm for me. All right. <laughs> oh, the smugness on this guy. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. All right, guys. I'll, I'll catch you later. Thanks for coming, Dave. See you. Yep. See ya. So, yeah. So, what did you guys think about that title change? I honestly, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to say my piece and, the, and then also head out here. 
Um, I I think um, for any of the naysayers that, I, of course, there's the meme I saw like, oh, look at AEW pushing this young talent, and then it's a picture, you know, of CM Punk or whatever. Uh, listen, oh, man. Yeah, listen. You know, there are reasons for it. Like even even back in the genesis of it all of AEW, whenever they, uh, you know, when Jericho was the first champ, you put <coughs> there. There's a reason you put the title on Jericho, and then ended up having you know a young, uh, you know, a younger talent take it off of him. The name notoriety, name notoriety, and everything, the star power that Jericho has, you had to get butts and seats first, veteran presence. If you do, if you watch Shorzy, you'll understand that. Anyways, um, but if, if in this case, you know, Hangman's run has been kind of kind of lackluster. You know, uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't anything super amazing to write home about. And honestly, with everything that's been going on with MJF, it's a good way to pivot. Even if Punk ends up being a, a transitional champion, it's going to serve the company better in the long run too because. This now sets up the unfinished business between MJF and Punk. You could easily have MJF end up being, you know, the one to take it off of him. Uh, you could you could kind of take Hangman's character and have him kind of go to a little bit of a more dark and grizzled place or something like that. Have him, you know, few, you know, try a, a few rematches with Punk or something like that. Not necessarily saying he has to take it, but but you have options. Um, so I'm perfectly fine with it. I, I think it was a well-timed, uh, a well-timed thing. And even if, uh, you know, it, even if, um, even if, uh, Hangman or MJF, neither one are the, are the next ones to feud with Punk, you still have, uh, Kenny Omega in the future. That, I mean, that right there is, is you know, that's money match right there there's a lot of options that they can go with it and and if the crowd ends up being very fickle and kind of turn on it and decide you know all right yeah we don't want punk as the champ he's the type of person that can lean into it go full heel mode and roll with it and they'll be fine uh i i think it's a good thing i'm perfectly okay with it so and with that i bid you gentlemen adieu Good night. Hi. And bang. Staggering off like a bunch of drunks in this show. All right, bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye. I kind of want to hear Ransom's take on this one. Beef, not that I don't want to hear yours or, or expound on mine, but I'm very interested in what Ransom has to say on this. Okay. So... For all the naysayers out there, look at AEW pushing these young, hot, new talents. There's always going to be people that are dissatisfied. You're never going to satisfy every niche group that's out there. The fact of the matter, and I wholeheartedly believe this, is that if your grand plan is to put that belt on MJF, and to have MJF win that belt in big fashion. People who are diehard, hardcore, every week watching AEW fans are going to give you a bigger reaction. They're going to care more about MJF versus CM Punk. 
rather than MJF versus Adam Page. And again, no slight to Adam Page. I think timing wasn't on his side. But his title reign was kind of like, all right, good for him. All right, all right good. Glad, glad it happened. Glad he was able to get there. Okay. But it didn't really elevate beyond that. But with Punk and the chemistry and the mic skills that Punk and MJF have, this all assumes that it leads down the road to Punk versus MJF. The buildup is going to be more spectacular. It's going to be bigger. The match is going to be more spectacular. The blow-off is going to be more spectacular. And I think the win for MJF, again, assuming he wins it, the win for MJF is going to mean more to have him beat Punk for that title than it would for him to beat Adam Page for that title. So I think this was the right move. Whether or not CM Punk holds that belt for a year or just through the summer and it all out, MJF takes it. Regardless, I think they needed a refresh on that belt. I don't think Adam Page was going to get the pomp and circumstance that maybe we had all hoped for. But I think Punk can do it. And yeah, Punk's no spring chicken. And yeah, Punk was a WWE guy first. And yeah, yada, yada, yada. All valid points. But at the end of the day, every single time that CM Punk has held a world title and has been given the reins and said, hey, man, go do the thing. He has made a very impactful run of said title. It's never been a flop unless the machine behind him turned it into a flop, Vince. Um, but I, I think this was the right decision. I don't think... I, I, I have no problems. I have no problems with it. I have no problems with it being an ex-WWE guy. I have it no problem with Punk's age. I don't. I, I see this as only good things to come for Punk, MJF, and for the AEW championship. Well put, Poot. I think that this is something that was needed because a lot of us have been clamoring clamoring for another summer of punk or one that actually is going to be good. But the thing is, punk has now gotten to the point where he is not the one who's going to be focused on summer of punk. This is the summer of MJF, baby. Like, I mean, it just is. Like, punk is now in the position where he can look and go, that was me. And I've earned this. And, like, I'd love to see heel punk. Heel champ punk. Heel punk, in my opinion, is better than babyface punk. Just is. Um, now. Can I interrupt you with a question? Yep. If, if he winds up being heel punk, do they still do heel punk versus heel MJF? And make it work? I, yeah, but see, you you heard during his if if you watched his 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 if I may, his pipe bomb, people were booing him the whole like there were boos and everything. Then he pointed out that there were some claps and cheers. By the end of it, after he called out Tony Khan, 
If you watch, there was someone who filmed after what happened, after the promo, after it went off the air. People were fucking screaming for MJF. They were chanting MJF. Punk even came down to the ring. And MJF jumped the rail and ran off into the crowd. And, like, Punk came down to probably try and talk him off some kind of ledge. Um, so they're already kind of setting the seeds of that. And also Punk being that veteran presence, like Tom said. But well, and being MJF's favorite wrestler growing up. Like, MJF has admitted as such. I yeah. think that this is all just apropos. Um, yeah, so, like, it, it really is. And it's just kind of like, okay, well... Um, you know, I, I, but I, I think we need this. I think we need punk because having another veteran like that, hold the belt and do it, you know, do it and run with it and kind of have that grizzled old veteran thing that like Jericho did. I think it will not only lend credence to whoever takes it off of him. Again, we've talked about MJF, but whoever they decide to have take that belt off of punk it's going to be a big deal it's going to be a big rub it's going to be a big thing punk can work with anyone he can talk with anyone and he can make anything entertaining that's the thing that happens with guys like jericho guys like punk they can just do that and they can make they can turn you know chicken shit into chicken salad you know what I mean? They, they just can't. I like the fact they put the belt on Punk. I like the fact that normal marks are screaming and yelling and hollering and saying, bah, 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 bah. See a punk. they're really giving credence to the... Bah, 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 bah. I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. Even if you don't like it, it's seasons of life. Eventually, you're going to get that belt put on a homegrown talent or someone who deserves it, and they're going to be skyrocketed into the stratosphere. It's going to lend more credence to the belt. In the long run, it's going to be a good thing. I like seeing Punk have maybe presumably one last big run with a major title. Um, I, I, I am just happy to see it. And you could see how genuinely pleased and happy CM Punk was. That he was, you know, that he's in this position and that he got the chance to, to do this after so long. Um, I, I really think it's only going to do good for AEW. I think it's only going to do good for, um, the people that are going to get to work with and sit under the learning tree of guys like CM Punk. Um, I, I think it's, it's going to be good compounding with all the static and noise that's around MJF right now, especially in the media. I, I, I just think it's good. And I know that might be a little bit more basic and that might be a little bit more, you know, kind of plebeian. I just, I'm not going head over heels being like, oh my God, punk is jam I'm not denigrating it. I'm sitting in the middle going, this is good. This is right. This is right. And I think it will be a good stretch of time where everything can gestate and really stew so that then whenever there is a paradigm shift, pardon the pun, um, you're going to get something really special going forward. I, as you gentlemen know, am a big CM Punk fan. What? I was a CM Punk apologist and a defender to the last fucking drop. 
Uh, and I and I still think that what he did was right. And I just just and again, you know, we're, we're walking walking the same statement back. I still think I still defend what Sasha did, Naomi, and to a lesser extent MJF if it was a shoot. I still defend all that because you gotta live for your principles. If you don't live for your principles, you'll die for somebody else's. Um, and 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 let's not let's not belabor the fact that whenever CM Punk walked out of WWE, their plan was to have Punk, Phil versus Triple H at Mania, and to have Daniel Bryan on the pre-show versus um, Sheamus uh, in the middle of the Yes movement. They were going to do this. So to say that his leaving then did not have an impact on things would be a, a bolder dash lie. All that Over being dash. said, I, I'm a huge CM Punk fan. And I was worried that putting this belt on him was the wrong move. Because, you know, he has lost a step. He, you know, he tried to do the um, the buckshot twice and failed both times. The second time after he after he failed, he looked at the ref and said, "That's a really fucking hard move to do, move to do." Um, you know, he is not who he once was. But that being said, <clears throat> he is still CM Punk. He is still an absolute draw, and honestly. He's still a bigger draw than Adam Page. I like Hangman. I think that he is a great face of your franchise. I think that he was a hot commodity. I think that the shine wore off, and I don't think the booking did him any favors. All of that being said, Poot said something that I was going to say, and I'm pissed that you stole my point, but I'm going to fucking harken back to it. When you said that this is not the summer of punk, this is the summer of MJF. And, like, we were all excited for Punk to win, saying, oh, it's a summer of Punk, this is a summer of Punk. It's not. It is absolutely the summer of MJF. Um, and, 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 and you can go back and you can compare the pipe bomb with MJF's promo, and I don't know what, what it's going to be called, but, but people are already calling MJF's promo last night, like, a, a big moment in wrestling history. And I, at this point, it's one of the biggest moments in AEW history, for sure. <clears throat> um, so, I I absolutely think that this is going to be there. There 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 are a lot of comparisons to the pipe bomb to to uh, MDS promo last night. Uh, one of which is you know both of them were heels, and uh, both of them were getting face reactions. Both of them tried to nip that shit in the bud, and and tried to heal it up on them. But at the end of the day. It's probably not going to matter. Um, I and, and you know is 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 this the Vince and Austin storyline rehashed? Probably. Am I still here for it? Mm-hmm. If they do it right, one hundred percent. But I think, again, to Poot's point, such a smart man. Uh, Punk absolutely needs to be the foil to MJF. Uh, I don't know if the timeline is going to be as succinct as I thought it was going to be. I was thinking it was going to be all out. It may not be all out, but then again, it may. I don't know. Um, I think that Punk has a great match with Tanahashi at Forbidden Door. I think it's going to be a really fun match. Uh, I'm excited to see that first-time match. 
But I think, yes, ultimately Punk loses to MJF to kick off MJF's big reign. Um, I think that MJF's probably going to have a Kenny Omega-style reign as champion. And I think that in order to do that, he needed to beat CM Punk. Uh, because, like Poot said, a victory over Hangman doesn't mean near as much as it does a victory over CM Punk. So, <clears throat> while I'm excited as a CM Punk fan to see him back on top, to see him holding, and I was super fucking stoked to see it on Sunday night. I'm, I'm super happy. I love it. But I also understand that this is very likely a vehicle to make Max, like, the biggest star that they've had in years. So I think they absolutely need to do that and absolutely will do that. Gentlemen, when we said that this was going to be a mega show, we weren't lying. Nope. Just shy of two so, hours, buddy. This is this, this is basically an old school episode. So without further ado, pow! Take us home. I'm going to give you a big old burrito wrapped in a bowl, wrapped in another burrito, wrapped in another quesadilla. Thank you very much for listening to this Mega Picks episode featuring our former. Oh. Former. Choose your way champion, Vapor Dave, allegedly. And uh, we want to thank everyone for being here. And I kind of liked everyone slowly petered out. And then there were three. Then there were three. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So thank you all very much for listening to P3 Podcast. Thank you to Casual Gaming Dad's channel on uh, Twitch and YouTube. That's Casual Gaming Dad 84 over on Twitch, if I'm not mistaken. Did I get that right, Beef? Huh? Ah. Nice, thanks. Anyway, uh, you also go on uh, Facebook and you uh, and you check out Casual Gaming Dad. Join Casual Gaming Dad's corner. Check out all his awesome streams. It's a lot of fun. Every Tuesday, there's Among Us, and uh, generally, it is played by people. I have been out of the loop lately because I'm a fat baby in a mailbox head. Also, what am I, Beef? Huh? All right, good. Keep being an old man over there. Used all your mental energy yammering this past two hours. Now he's just drooling on himself, wanting to watch Matlock and going, "Huh? I don't, I don't, I don't know what you, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the uh, mailbox head. Fignuts. Fignuts was the third one. You fignuts. Anyway. So make sure you go check out Casual Gaming Dad. We also want to thank Mr. Sean Tischler and his work with uh, pro wrestling in the central PA and, the well, the greater PA area, really. And I'm going to digress a little bit and tell you not to forget to get your own Casual Gaming Dad merch over at GouldGaming.com and search on Casual Gaming Dad. And also pick up your own Pittsburgh Piledriver podcast t-shirt. For God's sake, we have 700 warehouses full of the fucking things. Please, just buy them. We also want to thank Freak Off Ransom. Our very own Ransom the Madman and his channel, aptly named Frigoff Ransom, over on YouTube. Give him a subscribe and a like because he's a sweet, special boy who's full of tequila tonight, and I'm proud of him. Oh, um, <laughs> and again, we want to thank uh, Vapor Dave for coming on here. We really appreciate it. For myself, the Barbarian, Poot the Bard, baby. For casual gaming that himself, Tiger Bomb Tom, we want to thank... Ransom the Madman over there. And you're reigning. Nope, 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 nope. Defending. No, ha. Huh, I huh, have the goddamn nope. mic. What? Nope, nope. Ransom does it. He is the advocate. He does it. Do it, Ransom. Ha <laughs> ha.
Oh, oh yes, I am the. Oh advocate. no! Look, everyone, a server mute. That sucks. You're raining. Yeah, I'm kidding. Go ahead, ransom. This fucking guy. He doesn't understand. Uh, yeah, that's me, Dan Ansom Handsome Ransom here, and I am the advocate for your brand spanking shiny, bobbly new chooser weight champion. That would be the man, the myth, the beef, the legend, your chooserweight champion. Get on your marrow bones and pray to the Lord of the belt. That's how you do it. All right. That was. That was off. That was okay. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Dickheads. Dickheads. <laughs>